It's the Two Dudes Reviews podcast, episode number three, with Dustin Kensrew from the band Thrice, talking about the album To Be Everywhere Is To Be Nowhere. It's Two Dudes Reviews and the podcast. It's the uh, Two Guys With Ugly Shirts review. Hey, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the big show. It's uh, <laughs> Dustin. Now, uh, Dustin, Kensrew, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, I say it as if there's a Z instead of an S. Kensrew. Kensrew. Nice. Okay, all right. It's your name. You can you can say it however you want. That's how we say it. Hey, listen. Cool. I have to start by saying congratulations to uh, to be everywhere is to be nowhere is absolutely one of my favorite albums of the year. Yeah. Um, I I kind of wanted to say I've never heard of this band, but I hear they're okay. <laughs> Tis not the uh, the case. It's man. not the case. Um. Now, listen. I you know we spent the weekend brewing. Um. Uh, well, making wine, crushing grapes this weekend, in, in this guy's garage. Oh. And yeah. listening Hopefully. to some of the old, you know, Orange County post punk stuff, and I'm going, wait, who is this? Yeah, and, and he goes, well, this is Thrice, and I said, no. <laughs> what, um, tell us about the evolution of your sound because it it definitely is different now compared to you know like five ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we're uh, coming up on twenty years next year, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, a lot of things <laughs> changed through twenty years. Uh, we started off just kind of, uh, you know, our, I mean, initially we were trying to mix uh, some of the, like, West Coast New School punk with some of the, like, East Coast uh, hardcore stuff we were into and then mixing that with, like, Iron Maiden. And, um, <laughs> Very cool. That was, that was kind of the roots. And then uh, quickly we started trying to... Uh, just mix in everything that we liked and listened to, and that was expanding all the time. And um, yeah, so I mean, it's gone. Oh, look at you! Yeah, I, I nice. knew I bought this beer for a reason today, and then Andy Ooh. brought out the uh, brother I brought Thelonious. out the brother Thelonious because, well, yeah. that's how I am. I didn't know he had beer, so it was uh, just kind of a natural progression, then a natural metamorphosis and refinement of the sound. Or yeah, we I mean we we get bored of doing the same thing, so we're always pushing ourselves and. Um, you know, it changes whatever is inspiring us from at different points. A lot of times we're reacting to what we did before, not that we thought it was bad, but we're just like, all right, something different. Now what? Okay. So I mean, we did the Alchemy Index, which was this super involved, layered, twenty-four um, song beast sort of thing. And the next thing we did was just stripped down. There was, you know, literally just a, whatever was being played had to be able to be played. Live, it was one guitar track each, and uh, super, super straight back kind of sounding record. And, uh, so we we do a lot of that. This record, I think, sounds a lot of the way it does because we took a break and came back and weren't really reacting to the last thing we'd done, uh, and it let us, uh, I think, pull in a really natural way from a lot of the stuff that we've done across a couple records and, you know, uh, bringing in the stuff that we're interested in right now. Okay. Well, let's get right into it. The uh, the album, To Be Everywhere Is To Be Nowhere. To Be Everywhere Is To Be Nowhere. I it's like it. Two Dudes Reviews, and the kickoff song is Hurricane. Let's take a quick listen.
Wow. The emotion just oozes out of this track here, man. Um, it, and, and I have to, to, to tell you, my wife cranks this song up every time uh, we play it, and she always screws up the lyrics. I really want to give her a lyric sheet. <laughs> it's say, kind nah, of, it goes like it, this, It's man. kind of a prophetic song, considering what's happened in the past two weeks, three yeah. weeks. Um, what inspired this song? I was going to say, are you a, few, uh, a fortune teller? <laughs> no. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, it it can't, like, musically or lyrically, what do you... Lyrically, but, I would say. Lyrics, yeah. Uh, it's, it's using this idea of um, the storm kind of hitting out of nowhere as a, a metaphor for the way that life seems to move, or at least my life, but I feel like everyone's life is... Uh, you're in these moments that just seem like, like finally everything... Hey, everything is, is really great right now, and... Um, perfect and then out of the blue uh it, your life's just kind of train wrecked and blown over and whatever um and yeah so whether it's you know relationally or a literal hurricane is now let me ask city, you whatever but D dustin do you get inspired when you're looking at, at you know song lyrics more by just life experiences or are you politically motivated or you know i, I know a lot of you know, just looking at your history a little bit, um, you know, you've got some scripture in tattoo form um, somewhere on your body, correct? Uh, yeah, I've got a little bit yeah. on my wrist here. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm inspired by my personality just likes to grapple with bigger questions, and yeah. uh, I'm not... I'm not very good at small talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Straight so to the I, point. I like talking if it's about something that's like interesting and uh, sure. <clears throat> I, same way I guess with songwriting. So um, yeah, I'm always kind of uh, so that could be you know something that's kind of heavy relationally or metaphysically or politically. Um, I'm kind of always just looking for something. Uh, deep to, to dive into, I guess. Right. Interesting. Interesting. I'm trying to see if I can get my picture back here. What'd you do, Jay? I didn't do Stop anything, Stop pushing man. buttons, man. There. It's back. Okay. Damn it, Jim. Remember, you said you were a tech tard. Yeah, I know. Well. All right, cool. Um, and, and there's a lot of angst on this record, too. You know, I was l looking over the uh, the lyrics to Blood on the Sand going, wow, uh, you're, you're angry. You know, it, it's almost like... Uh, um, Art imitates life. What's the old saying? That was it. Is that you, it? You, you nailed it. Yeah, um, especially with the political climate of the past couple of years here, and I read you know some of these lyrics here, and I'm going, wow. Um, it was was blood on the sand motivated at all by you know politically you know what our you know where we're at here in the U.S. of A. Yeah, definitely. And it, it you know it's gone a lot further I think than when yeah. I even wrote uh, that song. Well, I mean, I was writing that in the middle of 2015, which was just a, a very chaotic uh, time, and uh, elections were starting up, the whole campaign, and it, so all of that was happening, and uh, yeah, the song's definitely uh, angry, yeah, and, and wanting, <laughs> wanting to see some things changed, and uh, I think it's been, along with I'd say that one of the good things that's come out of kind of the season that we are in uh, is it's shaking people up a bit, and mm -hmm. um, I think 
for a lot of people, there's there's been a lot of good that comes out of that. You know, people who are well intentioned, but suddenly see like oh, this thing that I thought was no big deal. It's actually a huge deal, and um, I should care about that. I should try to help with that. Um, so uh, I think that song has been a bit of an instrument uh, for some people in the midst of. Uh, all the stuff that's happening, helping ask questions, and you know, it, and, and I'm glad so. you mentioned that because you know my mom oftentimes uh, will go into the fetal position because they're they are hardcore liberals and uh, just oh my god, can you believe Trump? And oh my god, and I said, look, look, let's let's think about this long term. Let's think about some of the bigger picture. And if anything, if there's any silver lining out of all any of this, it's the fact that we had a youth that was so apathetic. Five years ago, nobody was engaged. At least, in my opinion, yeah. you know, the, the the youth weren't engaged, and now they're all engaged. I mean, even my 16-year-old, who you wouldn't expect to be, you know, interested in politics at all, during the whole campaign, he was super engaged. Right. Now, granted, he's switched hardcore from one lane to the other through the process, but at least, at least he's, he's thinking. Engaged. He's thinking, and he's engaged. So That's the cool. the song Blood is in the sand? Blood on the Sand. On the Sand. Now, I'm, I'm curious, the, uh, the process you guys are in right now with the release of this album, and you know, I, I know you guys just got picked up for, with a new label with Epitaph, right? Uh, How, I, well, I, yeah, I, I mean, Oops. maybe that's an we inside that out. No, we'll edit that out. I, yeah, then if you know about it. Probably. Yeah, I mean, and this and this is a label that's known for specializing, you know, kind of in that Orange County. I mean, Epitaph, right. like okay, you yeah. know, bad bad religion and stuff. Like yeah. Pennywise, I think Pennywise Epitaph, I think I don't know. Uh, they have been, I think. Yeah. Um, so, is the plan to you know go back out on the roads, continue to tour in support of to be everywhere is to be nowhere, or are you looking to go back into the studio as soon as possible? Are you, are you maybe thinking about releasing another single here? The reason I ask that is because this song, to me as a radio guy, sounds like an immediate first. I mean, it's it's a one listen. You know, it's yeah. not overly complicated. It's not overly deep it gets right to it and as much as i love black honey and hurricane uh, being a musician because right. they're so interesting and compelling to me and i don't like necessarily the one three five pop songs or you know straight up blues songs i like yeah. something i like jazz trios right sure sure of course <laughs> so i like the interest level in hurricane and black honey but this right. song is just so uh yeah i don't think we'll be doing another single i mean it was the first song we kind of put out there not as a radio single but um 
I don't know. That's it, it was definitely our thought as well, and it just didn't go that way. I mean, we we had zero zero thought of Black County being a radio song, and people were hearing about, oh yeah, this one. Yeah. Okay, we like it. Cool. So I mean, we're we're basically getting close to wrapping up this album cycle. We're going to be um, doing a headline co-headline tour with Circus Survive uh, in November in December, and right now we're. Uh, working on writing uh, for the next record, so hopefully that will be out next summer. Okay, let's uh, move on to the third cut, because I don't want this review to go on for two and a half hours, and I know, Dustin, you have other stuff to do tonight. Uh, The song is The Window, Thrice. I know Andy over here is a percussionist, so I'm sure he's already digging the shakers and stuff in the background, right? Well, that's, I think one of the things that makes this record real interesting is definitely the fact that you're not just a uh, you know two four band. You, you, a lot of complexity in your rhythm. Is, is did you guys have a long history of music in your lives? I mean, help us understand kind of the fact that you're different than half the other bands out there making um, roll records. Yeah, we like playing in different time signatures. So a lot of that songs in uh, like a seven four or seven eight. I don't know. We're we're more experientially uh, taught uh, than you know uh, any kind of official learning, but um, I mean we would pick up different things from like listening to like a hardcore band like Bosch or something that's super mathy and um, what Bosch especially did really well was um, they were mathy, but it, the math was always had like a groove. It didn't feel like prog math where it was just kind of like equations dream theater guitar you know it it always grew but it they used the different timing to make it hit harder and make it hit differently um and so we really tried to pick that up and and do different things with it so um from pretty early on we've been messing around with stuff like that um and whenever we're doing we're trying to do it with purpose and and uh so in this song it actually really gives a lot of the push to those verses um you have a seven, it basically it almost feels like an eight that's, that's cutting off early because that's kind of what it is. And so it keeps pushing the song ahead, and then when you drop into the eight in the chorus, it, it kind of opens up and, and lays back. Yeah, so. It's smart. By the way, what does your shirt say? Uh, it's a Troy Lovner arm shirt, so it's people need other people. Um, oh, I, I, at first I thought it was like a Burning Man thing. People need bikes <laughs> on, on the playa. Have you ever been to Burning Man? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look like a lot of interest to even go. Yeah. Maybe, no, maybe I, sh- I share that lack of interest. 
Yeah, it's an interesting party. All right, let's uh, let's move right along to uh, cut number five and wake up from thrice. And I screwed that up. It's four, not five. Four. Brian. Brian will get it. Cut four. Man, I love that deep groove. a scary song you know you think about uh, you know the, the foxes in the bushes and the armed man at the front door um, tell me where your head was at when you were writing wake up uh, it's just pulling some, some images metaphors and and uh, building this uh, sense of trying to create an urgency uh, I mean it's essentially a song about procrastination <laughs> but uh <laughs> we know that all too I, well <laughs> i struggle with um yeah but uh the the vibe of it um it's a kind of bluesy vibe. we dig a lot of different kinds of music but i feel like when i listen to it i get hear a lot of influence from a band called the color revolt which okay. uh, is they're fantastic uh, the color revolt i'm going to write that down yeah um i think it's literally C-O-L-O-U-R, but they're just crazy awesome. Uh, and the first EP, all, all their stuff's great, the first EP is just kind of sprinkled with magic dust or something, I don't know, or something. <laughs> Some people, the first three songs of that are just amazing. So, um, What's your yeah. favorite environment to listen to music in? I mean, what's your favorite headspace? My car. Um, I don't know. It's like I... I'm used to the speakers and driving, so I can have them out. And, uh, and your wife is—is uh, is, is she a, a rock fan, or what? I mean, what's your guilty pleasure musical style when you're just hanging out at home? Um, I have no guilt. I'm not listening to anything, <laughs> but uh, I, I love uh, good pop music, and so we'll listen to that with our girls sometimes. Or Justin um, Bieber, thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, it depends on the song. I mean, he's a talented musician. That's what yeah, I've been trying to say all some, along. Is he's there's some really good songs. Yeah, I, he could I, be I talented and an idiot this. at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. All right, let's move right along. The uh, long defeat. Uh, cut number five. It's thrice.
you know, I uh, hear some pop sensibility coming out of there just as far as the melody line is concerned. Maybe a little more complicated than typical pop songs. Um, let me ask you, uh, Dustin, how much has doing just a solo acoustic thing helped or, or hurt, you know, your, your, what you're doing in Thrice or t- t- Never the Two Shall Meet? Uh, has it helped you refine your vocal stylings in Thrice? Um, well, that's hard to say. I, I think doing it is, uh, you know, putting in more time there and stuff has made me a better singer in general. But I think part of that's just that I've gotten better over time, uh, especially recording, figuring out uh, what what I need to be comfortable in the studio. And uh, it's just such a different a different thing to sing to record than it is live. And uh, it took me a while to figure that out and. I started figuring out when we recorded uh, the Alchemy Index because I was recording the Tebe um, in the band, and so it wasn't, there was no pressure. It was just like, oh, it's just Tebe in a row, and um, so I felt like I could actually try to sing in a way that I felt was warranted in that song, rather than just like, hey, hit the note and move on. And um, so, I, and I've worked with some other people since then, have been that have been really great, and. Uh, Eric, uh, the producer on the new record, was fantastic. I think it's the best uh, memorable song. I completely agree. I mean, again, listening to some of the older stuff, you, I mean, you're obviously a strong vocalist, but um, do, do you often get get compared to any of the other contemporary uh, vocalists out there right now? Not to my knowledge. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so no one's just come out and said it. Who would you who would you compare it to? Um, I would say just as far as the almost smoky warmness of mm-hmm. it, almost like uh, the dude from Kings of Leon a little bit. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, we're, I'm in love with the highly suspect. He's not quite as warm and smoky, no. I think, as no, uh, as you, Dustin. Um, okay. Yeah, but um, who just covered who just covered Black Honey? It was Sean from uh, Smile Empty Soul? No, 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 no. Um, we just did Sean. Sean, is it Sean? We did a review. Um, is it? Is that his name? Oh, or the singer who just Kyle co- who from j- Beware of Darkness. No, not no. Who just covered uh, Black Black Honey? Seether. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seether. Sean Morgan. Yeah, yeah Sean. Uh, okay. Hello. I remembered. <laughs> He's a radio guy, bro. I'm not. Uh, that's true. Right. That's true. And Andy makes real money. I, I like to say uh, he's, he's had a real job for the past three decades, and I haven't done shit. So, uh, I don't think that's true. There you go. Uh, by the way, uh, the, the next cut on here is just kind of a one-minute interlude. And for the sake yeah. of time, we're going to go right on to the song that introduced me to this record. Um, first of all, because I saw this creepy-ass video where the kid's eyes kept turning white, and it scared the hell out of me having kids myself. I went, man. What, is that what my kid was thinking when I was trying to, you know, lecture him or tell him the, the ways of the world? Or, I, or what? my eyes roll back sometimes when you talk. Does this song come from a personal perspective, uh, uh, Dustin, of you raising your children, or or what? Uh, no. the The video has almost nothing to do with the song. Uh, our <laughs> okay, friend, okay. our friend wrote it. The treatment, and it was the only treatment that we got that wasn't like lame. Really, goth and like these were all over and we're just like okay this is totally different and seems interesting so we went with that um but it's been interesting watching people try to tie things together the song the song was actually super uh politically kind of motivated from me when i was initially writing it and then 
uh, I don't think about it that way at all. I think it still applies that way, but uh, it's become much more personal to me and it generally has been taken that way by most people. So it's interesting how songs uh, have a life of their own and how your, uh, your interaction with them as time goes on changes. Sometimes it gets better, sometimes you're like, all right, I can't, I can't do that song, whatever. But um, yeah, this one's it's, uh, it's marinated nicely. Yeah, I, I I love and I gotta ask, are you a big reader at all? Yeah, I'm okay. Are you are you familiar with the Tao of Pooh? No. Okay. Well, I think honey, I think Pooh and the Tao of Pooh. You should, oh, you, the Tao you, of Pooh. Okay. I see. Yeah. Uh, I've heard of that. <laughs> okay. It's fascinating. It's interesting. Maybe you'll get a song inspiration. It's Black Honey from Thrice. <laughs> By the way, what is that instrument that you're playing right there? Uh, it's just a guitar that we've got some Cre- uh, crazy effects on. What's crazy is we just heard uh, randomly at our bassist heard this uh, '60s Egyptian record and like heard some different song. I went home and started listening to the second song. I guess all of a sudden it sounds just like that, and it's playing. Very close to the same thing. It was just some weird, weird channeling. Uh, I don't know what's on the, the 60s Egyptian record either, but it, it sounds kind of like that. I got a buddy who owns a sitar, and I've sat down to try and play a sitar a time or two. It's uh-huh. a, a son of a bitch, man. It's weird. A weird instrument. That's a great song. That's a great song. Thank you. It, it, uh, it uh, reminds me of uh, my age of acquisition when I finally got the uh, the job that, that took me from getting paid from you know like forty five thousand a year to you know up into the eighties. I went, oh, this is going to be a savior of all my problems. And I had a few very knowledgeable older friends who said, dude, more problems, more problems, more big. It just means bigger bills, bigger toys, bigger bills. Absolutely. And sure as shit, all of a sudden I felt like the guy in that commercial where he's outside mowing his lawn saying. Good morning, Jenny, and I've got the perfect life, and I'm buried in bills up to my eyeballs, and how am I going to get out? Pretty much. <laughs> any, <laughs> any similarity between what you were thinking with uh, Black Honey to the age of acquisition? Um, I mean, initially it was kind of uh, a metaphor for American foreign policy uh, and just the, the way that we kind of keep doing the same things and hoping for different results and definition uh, of insanity of course yeah uh and then you know it really kind of zooms out to that's that's the way we all operate about a lot of different things so all right moving right along it's thrice in the song stay with me it's cut number eight 
there was going to be a lighter song, this would be it, you know, with the lighters in the air and <laughs> get the whole crowd to swing back and forth. And it's a couple's dance at the skate ranch. Great song again. Another song that should be a single, right? Well, and and so and and probably as much a ballad that we're going to find, you know, in in, in your music and on an album right now. Do you consciously choose these? I mean, when you're writing this, is what, what's the inspiration for the song? Uh, as far as the kind of the vibe of it, mm-hmm. um, that one started. I think with that little arpeggio in the verse, I was just. I played it at one point and um, had, I was playing the pedal and just had this cool song. I, I, I was like, i got to make a song out of that. And so I, I think it just builds out of that. And then lyrically, it's, it's kind of a an ode to a, a Josh Ritter song. I'm a big Josh Ritter fan. He's one of the best best songwriters alive, uh, storytellers. And, um, but he has a song called The Temptation of Adam. It's fantastic. So it's a bit of a, a similar idea where it's an apocalyptic kind of situation and uh, someone's wondering, like, people find each other in the middle of that and then are, are worried, like, if things actually get better, if we don't have this crisis science together, like, uh, are you still going to stick around? Sure, that's common, right? The song is, the song is much better. Christ, no, crisis brings people together, right? And so, yeah, yeah that, ma- that makes perfect sense. We've been talking about that over the last, you know, couple of weeks between Houston and Florida, how, you know, the Good Samaritans and how it's, it's weird sure. that crisis all of a sudden brings the country together. You've, you've mentioned a couple of other artists. Um, if you could collaborate with, uh, with somebody, dead or alive, you got a, a week to sit down and, and write a song together. Who might that be? Tom Waits. Tom Waits. Tom okay, Waits. wow. Nice. Yeah. That's... Uh, that's some pretty fine pre- pedigree right there. Shit, yeah. All right, let's move right along. Death from Above. Are you pissed that that band came out with a band name, Death from Above? Or, did, did uh, you, or are they, they friends of yours? They did it around. No, it just, it just seemed like the right name of the song. So. Okay. Uh, but we, we did a really stupid uh, joke. This is our kind of dumb humor, but we played. We did a, we did a cover, a song on um, Octane, like their... Uh, for their, I don't know, for something they put online, but so we, we played Death from Above acoustic, and then we covered Smashing Pumpkins 1979. Oh. Death from Above 1979. <laughs> I didn't say anything about it. Um, oh. Just to do it. That's awesome. No good reason. And that's a really good Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, check it out. 
How many soldiers feel that way? You that know? is heavy. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, it's, the song is built uh, or inspired by, kind of built from both research and a lot about drone warfare, and then also kind of taking aspects from the actual stories of uh, various drone pilots who have uh, spoken out against uh, the way that the program is, is being run and their own experiences. Um, so I, when I, whenever I write a song, especially that is something uh, heavy, and I, I do a lot of research trying to get to the bottom of stuff, get some different perspectives, and uh, yeah. Now, when you guys are writing songs as a band, um, it, do you do you hash out you know musical ideas all together in a room, or are you the primary songwriter and you come with the idea and you say, "Here's what you should be playing on the bass." Here's how the drums should should come in the and and do it like that. Is it collaborative or are you like the, uh, the ringleader? It's very very collaborative. So it is terribly frustrating sometimes, but very <laughs> exciting it. and uh, fulfilling at other times. So it I mean it's it's a there's these moments where you're just like oh yeah everything's just coming together and it's great and then moments where you're just you know arguing about this one little stupid part for like weeks. Um, so. Uh, it's great. It, it makes us, you know, who we are musically. But uh, I generally come afterwards with the lyrics and start. Uh, I basically try to figure out what what kind of stories the song are telling, and then see what things that are floating around my head kind of tell a similar arc and how I can work those together. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll fudge both of them to make it fit together. But. Okay, and it sounds like a cohesive unit. You know, of we course. were talking to Kyle from Beware of Darkness, and you could tell right. that a lot of the songs sounded like two or three songs in one. And it, and and, it, and it's not, not that there's anything wrong with having one architect, one conductor, one you know, one Beethoven. Sure, sure. You know, putting it all together and then giving it to the orchestra. But it's something different when everybody comes in a room. And of course, well, he talked about taking two or three songs and blending them together to yeah. make one. Yeah, so. parts of this and parts of that, which <laughs> you know doesn't probably work for everybody. Well, it's it's like being in a five way marriage if you're in a five way band. It's difficult sometimes. <laughs> All right, whistleblower. In Utah. <laughs> Cut number ten. No, it doesn't. I can tell you from experience.
a lot of whistleblowers out there today, I think, you know. Whistleblowers? Whistleblowers. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's wrap up the uh, the album here. Salt and Shadow. Um, an interesting name for a song. Why Salt and Shadow? Um, the song itself is um, it's most closely tied with the the record title, um, which is a quote from. Uh, philosopher named Seneca the Younger, and uh, you know, we're kind of grabbing it and applying it to uh, just the age that we live in in terms of uh, how many distractions we have, uh, how hard it is to, to stay present, um, and this song is really dealing with that, uh, and kind of going through you know, uh, a couple of different ways you know, that it's hard to, to be present, whether it's because we're distracted, or because it's painful, or because we're scared. Um, and so the chorus is saying, uh, let's say, you're here, but it's clear, you're just salt and shadow. Uh, this idea of kind of salt, like a, a physical kind of sense. Uh, you're physically here, or there's a a shadow of you here. Uh, there's some evidence that, you, that you're you're here, but but you're not actually uh, fully present. Salt and shadow. It's thrice. Check it out. Careful with your knee, Andy. You're going to make the CD player skip. So you're tapping his knee again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Can't help it. The uh, vocal layering there and how kind of spacey and ethereal all that is. Um, how many uh, overlays, vocal, you know, uh, overlays are going on there? Do you recall? A lot. A lot. Uh, I don't remember how many. 
um, kind of just got more than we probably needed just to have for mixing. Um, that chorus is really influenced by uh, it's a gorgeous song by the Low Anthem called uh, uh, it's called Charlie Darwin. The record's called Charlie Charlie Darwin. The song I think is just called Charlie Darwin, uh, but it's uh, it's beautiful and haunting. Yes. And, Haunting, that's a good word Haunting for it. Haunting is a great word for you know, that. You, you mentioned philosophers earlier. Um, I, we were just turned on to a philosopher recently. You may be familiar with him. Alan Watts, do you know who he is? Uh, I heard that name, but I don't know if it's in a philosophy okay. context. A- Alan Watts. I'll, uh, oh, wow. I'll yeah. send Brett Greenberg uh, Alan Watts' info, or I'll just text it to you after this on the uh, on the Skype thing. Uh, I have the, have the internet at my disposal. Yeah, yeah. Well, we all have it, right? Dustin, Dustin Kenzu, I sincerely appreciate it. This is one of my Thank favorite, interesting, darkest, deepest, coolest fucking records to come out in the last year. Excuse the language, but I just I really love the record. So congratulations, and I Thank hope you. I hope that this uh, that before the entire cycle is wrapped up, we'll have a chance to see you uh, actually out and performing. Are you doing aftershock? Do you know? So uh, on come on, do it, do it. Aftershock is up in Sacramento. Next month. Uh, October, yeah. Next we're month, playing, October. We're not playing Aftershock. We're playing San Jose, though. That was okay. the first day on the When? Uh, November 1st, I think. Sweet. No, My birthday's on the third. Uh, we might see you there. Okay. Or or somewhere closer Look, to Tahoe. We'll wear these shirts and we'll just wave from the <laughs> <Shit>. crowd. <laughs> we'll be easy to spot, man. <laughs> Again, I, I appreciate you, your time. It's uh, it's Dustin from Thrice. By the way, just got to uh, note that uh, on an upcoming uh, Two Dudes Reviews, we'll be talking with Fozzie. Fozzie, cool. And, and not the bear from the Muppets either. No. Like the, uh, oh, the, shit. The, 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 the wrestler guy. His name's not Fozzie, but the band is. Anyhow, we're Two Dudes Reviews. Thanks, Dustin. Thank you, guys. Thanks for checking out the Two Dudes Reviews podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Two Dudes Reviews. And, of course, our website, twodudesreviews.com. That's D-O-O-D-S. Please subscribe to the podcast. Make a donation if if you have the ability to do so. And keep up with us. The next episode of the Two Dudes Reviews podcast coming soon.